It's time to fire up the three-cylinder star drive, the show that sputters along, touring a galaxy of pop culture and fanboy fiction. And now, here are your hosts, Richard Coop and Roger Colby. Hey, welcome back to Three Cylinder Star Drive. I'm Roger Colby. I'm a science fiction novelist. I'm Richard Coots, and I'm a fan of pop culture trivia. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Mm-hmm. Today we're going to talk about uh, and review uh, Lost in Space, but we won't spoil it. Mm-hmm. We're just going to talk about it. Um, and, and also because, you know, as a kid, I was a huge fan right. of the original show. Right, right. Be specific. Season one of Netflix's reboot of Lost. In yeah, Space. season one of of, re, of of it's a reboot. It's okay. a reboot made by Netflix. But uh, okay, Netflix. at first, okay, first impressions. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just say I'm gonna give this thing like two thumbs up or four and a half stars. Right. Okay, for me, um, it doesn't get a complete five. Um. But really, I, I want to say five. I, I mean, I, I, I said it was five. I you're thought, saying five. Okay. I, I loved it. I'll go it. five. I thought it was one I, of the best sci-fi series. In the world. And here's another thing I yeah. loved about it is this is one you. This is a fantastic sci-fi series that you can watch with your whole family. You can. It's very family friendly. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it, it's definitely dark. It's got some dark moments in yeah. it. Um, but no, no, but, but no, it's not. But no it's, creepy. No creepy uh, Gary Oldman spiders. <laughs> Yeah, okay. but it's not like there's not like a bunch of graphic violence. I don't think I saw any blood at all. No, um, no. It's got a little bit of language, but it's like PG level. Sure. And there's no there's no nudity or sexual uh-huh. situation or anything like that. It's it's a family show. It is. It was it was awesome. Um, so okay, so we have at the beginning of this this is kind of some different dynamics. Um, in the original series, you know, of course it it was what it was. I mean, it's campy, desolate kind of stuff. All right, you know it's it's pre Star Trek, right? Um, and it's 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 goofy, and you know uh, Doctor Smith is this whiny uh, villain that you just love to hate, but he's still not really really horrifying. Um, and I think Gary Oldman's character in the f- feature film was just way too much, man. I didn't like that movie. I didn't I like that movie at all. <laughs> no. I hated that movie. It I thought it good. was stupid. Um, and I thought that the way that they did with Will. Being that weird time loop thing was just dumb. Okay, that being said, um, Parker Posey plays a Doctor Smith in this film, in this show, in the series, um, and uh, it's it's absolutely probably the best iteration and, of a Doctor Smith. And, right, and then let me let me say this without without spoiling it. Yeah. I will tell you. Uh, this is kind of a different take on Dr. Smith, and I don't, and I'm not going to spoil it, but I don't mean because Dr. Smith is a woman this way around, this yeah. time around. Yeah, because Doctor, it doesn't matter. They, she could have been a man in this. Sure, matter. sure. But but story-wise, this, this is like a completely different take on Dr. It is, Dr. and you know what? Smith, and I'm not going to tell you why because it's great. Just but, evil, I would say, I have two words to describe this, evil, cringy. Evil, evil. Evil, cringy. Evil, cringy. Mm-hmm. Like just... What in the world? Why would I mean the okay. motivation? You understand the motivation. You totally understand the motivation, but it's absolutely depraved. she is pure, pure sociopath. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she sociopath, pathological liar. Uh, 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 she uh, changes her story to manipulate a situation. <laughs> yes, I mean constantly manipulates 
I mean, I, it made okay, me think of my, like okay. It made me think of like um, Satan in the garden. Satan, yes, it was in the garden, kind of like Satan. like anybody that comes along. It's like I have a line just for you to get you to follow me and to get you to do exactly what I want. The most manipulative character I've ever seen. Right. In, There's like this anything. part where, and I'm not going to tell you because this is what, I mean, what this is behind, but basically there is one character where she basically does something pretty horrible to that person and that person confronts her later. And she basically, uh, he and that person basically tries, was like, why did you do this horrible thing to me? You're a horrible person. And she turns it around on him yeah. and somehow makes him feel guilty. Yes. And makes him feel like the guilty one. And that's just like crazy. That is such good writing. I mean, that is it such is. good The writing on this is top level. But top level. The guy he wronged turns around and goes, walks away feeling like he's the bad guy. Well, you know, sometimes in some of these shows, it's you know, crazy. you have um, characters that are like pitted against one another or characters that have backstories that are just kind of quirky or weird or, mm-hmm. you know... Um, you put two characters together and you have some kind of thing that happens as kind of like cliche or whatever to cause more conflict, right? It's like it's they put the conflict in there just to create more conflict down the road, which is kind of, I hate those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But for this one, the conflict that happens is so natural um, and is set up from the very beginning. And, and these characters have flaws that um, end up causing things to happen later on down the road. You know, and this thing is designed for binge watchers too. Right. It, it it moves from one episode to the next seamlessly. There's not any. I mean, there's a couple of flashback scenes, uh-huh. but the, it moves seamlessly through, and it's like watching one big long movie. And you, uh, you know what? This is probably um, visual wise. This is probably one of the best looking shows yeah. I've I've seen on Netflix The so special effects were Are, they were top, top notch. they were top notch CGI was top notch um, just really and you know what Robbie the robot too Yeah uh, there were parts of it I'm not really sure yeah, if it's a, I, I think, if it's a CGI character yeah, or if it's a person I know in a suit. there's parts of it I, I you know until they release some kind of special behind the scenes stuff I think I'm going to guess that there are parts that it was like parts of the Parts of it was physical, and then mm-hmm. parts were CGI. Because some some parts, like like there was some scenes where it looked like the body was completely physical, but the head could not be moving like that yeah, yeah. naturally. So I um, think maybe it was like partially like physical suit. And what's also like great maybe, is what's also great is that this show has um, it takes the characters that you know. Okay, we know about Smith. We know about Robbie the Robot. We know about Danger Will Robinson. We know about all this and Will and, you know, all these characters. But what it does is it refreshes them in a way that is different and right. interesting. Right. And, the, and, and the robot's whole thing is, is absolutely different. different. It's completely different. But it's great. It is. Um, and then you got the pilot, Don West. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm not spoiling anything here. This is kind of in the trade and stuff. He's more of like a... They, they kind of build him into like a Han Solo style type character. He feels like Han Solo. He is. He's he's pretty much Han Solo. <laughs> um, but he's great. He is. He's like he's like he's like the bounty hunter scoundrel who pretends he don't care about anybody, yeah, but, but he, he really, really does. Is. Yeah, it's cool. But he's really um, so many, and there's a lot of twists and turns in it. Uh, a lot of things that just. I think pretty much wouldn't every episode almost like every episode every ended episode on a cliffhanger. right every episode there's some kind of cliffhanger but 
It's like every episode is like they get out of one horrible situation and pop right Drop down right into right another. Down something awful. Yeah. Right into another <laughs> one. It's 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 like man, how are we gonna get out of this one? There's something in the first one, and I won't tell you what it is. Richard probably knows what it is, but there's something in the first one that's probably one of like a personal nightmare of mine. Um, that is that happens to one of the characters, and I was just absolutely just sitting there the whole time going, "That is awful. I can't." I won't tell you what it is. Uh, Richard knows what it is, but I don't want to say it because it'll spoil. I don't say it, but it's like it's really like, oh man, it's you, difficult. You you feel it. you feel it when you watch it. You feel it when you watch you it. You do. You do. Um, okay, so please uh, watch the newest thing that Netflix has, which right. is the greatest but thing they've put on in a I long think, time. I think the greatest. I think the greatest. You know, the most important integral character to the show is uh, Debbie. Mm-hmm. Debbie is the most <laughs> important integral in, uh, integral character on the show, and mm-hmm. and Debbie is the real hero <laughs> of the season. She gets everybody out of everything. When you watch it, you'll get it. Okay, so uh, the movie of the week we're going to talk about this week is a real stinker. Okay, uh, it's another Netflix film. Um, it's not an asylum film, and you know what? When I was watching this movie, I thought that at first I thought it was a parody, but it's really not. They were serious when they made this. There's a movie. It's called Twenty Three Oh Seven Colon Winter Dreams, and, and the word colon isn't in there. I'm saying it's a colon, like two dots. Um, but it should be in there. They should just use the word colon because it, was, it smelled so bad. This movie. Um, basically, this movie was released. It was actually released in theaters, I found out. Um, and it was released exactly the same day that uh, Blade Runner 2040, 2047 was released. Um, what's funny is it's a movie about this... Okay, 2307 is about a guy who hunts androids. <laughs> and it's like, okay, the, it's a future situation, okay? Like, far in the future, well, 2307... Matter of fact, um, and we've made androids, and they all kind of look like a really dumbed-down uh, version of the uh, architects from the uh, Prometheus movie. Right? They're bald and very muscular, and uh, they revolt against the humans. And we all live underground because you know it's an ice age for millions of years or something. That says it's going to last a million years, something like that. And so he's got to hunt all these androids down. And, uh, you know, basically it's just a movie where a guy who hates his life runs around shooting uh, aliens, and, and he has to chase this one alien, or one, not aliens, uh, androids. He has to chase this one android down, and at the end of it, it's got the most anticlimactic scene. or It, do, it just ends, and it's just like nothing. So... <laughs> This well, movie is so bad. See, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's fun to it's watch am- it, though, because it is so bad. But it's amazing that, that <laughs> you're saying that it, it's basically a ripoff of twenty uh, it is. Blade Runner 2049 totally and it released the same day. Yeah. That's usually, so it's amazing to me that that, that it wasn't made by Asylum. I know. Because Asylum, Asylum is the ones that do that. They release a ripoff the same day <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that a movie popular movie comes out they release they, but no it says like made by vertical entertainment or something vertical entertainment okay yeah so. yeah it's a uh, um just to give you a little taste here um of this gym uh El- los angeles times actually reviewed it <laughs> and uh 
It says um, that they too thought it was a, like a, a parody, right? Like a spoof of futuristic dystopian sci-fi thrillers. Um, but it says, how else to explain all the tired sound bites from the post-apocalyptic movie playlist and parade of cliche-ridden characters uttering Philip K. Dick wannabe dialogue like, only liars wear smiles anymore. <laughs> I mean, it, it does have like all these really stupid lines in it. Um, but it's about this guy. Okay, jo- it's a ve- uh, we join this veteran soldier on the quest um, uh, with uh, some 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 characters. This one girl, her name is Kix, and she quotes Mein Kampf like all the time. And um, weird voiceover scenes, kind of you know, it's, they're trying to be like Blade Runner because they're they've got all these voiceover scenes where they voice over stuff, um, and uh, <laughs> it's just. Oh my goodness! What well, thing is, uh, this guy that wrote it? Um, let's see, Curtis. What's his first name? Uh, last name's Curtis. He, he was a co-writer on 2011's acclaimed Blue Valentine, which was actually a good movie. But this one is like so horrible. <laughs> Why would you even put your name on it? Um, I wouldn't. If I had this, if I was me. I would be like trying to distance myself from yeah, this. Yeah, sounds like well. sounds like uh, Joe Dante. He went from from Gremlins to for, to Splatter. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, Joe Dante. Uh, this is kind of a Joe Dante kind of thing. It's pretty horrible. Okay, so you know if you just if you just want to laugh, uh, it's worth a laugh because it's funny. There's some funny stuff in it, unintentionally funny. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but twenty three oh seven Winter Dreams. Um, not like the Fitzgerald short story, but, you know, androids. All right. So uh, until next time, actually next time I think we're going to review um, uh, Avengers. Avengers Infinity of, War. Not Age of Ultron, Infinity War, yeah. And uh, so until next time, I'm Roger Colby. I'm Richard Coots. Richard Coots.